Right. Welcome everyone out there listening to our podcast. We are Wagers Ragers. Two friends, again, not just from the Garden State, but from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Who also went to the spectacular top university in the country, Rutgers University. Coming off a big 38-3 victory last week against Indiana. So, our podcast, we love talking betting on the NFL, but we are also extremely passionate about EDM, electronic dance music. Whether it's house, tech, trance, trap, you name it, we are into it. Uh, So... If you're new to the podcast, I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner. And of course, always joining me, my compadre, John the Hedgehog Donneth. Welcome to week 11 in the NFL. John, how are we doing today? <laughs> week 11, make a wish, man. Can't believe we already have reached week 11 so far this year. I mean, it just I just feel like this football season is going by so fast but uh it was a great last week as far as the nfl and college goes you already mentioned that our beloved scarlet knights had a huge win over indiana last week big game against penn state this weekend uh and then wrap it up at home with maryland next week um hopefully they grab a victory at least next week against maryland a win today against penn state would be absolutely fantastic because then our scarlet knights would be back in the bowl conversation which i know we'd both be very excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And on that college football front, with the nuggets that I gave you last week, again, uh, a fantastic week with Michigan pulling it out over Penn State. I said, take the Wolverines. I said, take Georgia and lay the 19 points. Um, Actually, it was 20 when the pod was recorded, but it went down to 19 took it anyway they blew out Tennessee and Michigan State 14 points over Maryland the line dropped all the way down to 11 and a half by game time didn't matter Michigan State covered the, the point spread the only bad pick I gave you last week was Oklahoma against Baylor but 75 percent take that all day long on to the NFL we're sending you back to the future it's actually becoming how do I say this? Um, excruciating. And as one now retired radio broadcaster would say about that green and white team from New York, oh, the pain. The New York Jets, who I said last week were going to show up. It was white sanity. It's white, white sanity. sanity. It was Mike effing white. He was coming back off of that injury he suffered the day before. They were going to cover that 12 and a half point uh, spread that they were getting said, you know what? The jets are going to make this a game after the bills had lost nine to six to the Jaguars. What did the jets do? The jets got the doors blown off of them. So, you know what? Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. I, I can't, I just can't anymore with these jets. They are just a terrible team. So I lost on the Jets. However, on my props, I did uh, cover on Mike White over passing yards. Did not cover 
when I was just asking for Mike White to just give me four freaking rushing yards, did not cover on the Mike White rushing prop, but I did cover on Emil over four and a half uh, points. The Jets ended up scoring 17 points, so I did cover on that. But unfortunately, the Jets scored two touchdowns and only one field goal, so I did not cover on the one and a half field goals. But my game of the week last week was Patriots against the Browns, and I said, lay the two and a half. The Patriots, Patriots who had been on fire, blew the doors off of the Browns last week, just annihilated them. And in fact, the Patriots just shut out the Falcons this past Thursday. So I covered on New England. My two props were Dearness Johnson, the only running back that was available for the Browns, given that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were both hurt. Over 76 and a half rushing yards covered on that. And Mac Jones, who's been very serviceable, he's been a great quarterback so far this year, the best rookie coming out of this draft class. But yet he has not passed for a lot of yards. And I said under 243 and a half passing yards hit on that. So overall, it was a good week for me in the early games. I'm not even going to talk about the late games because it was uh, the late games and the night games and the Monday night game, all of which were a complete debacle. But games on the pod did pretty well other than my lowly New York Jets just deciding not to show up, especially defensively. John, how'd you do last week? I had a pretty good week. Um, Last week, my Philadelphia Eagles, again, as the listeners of the pod will know, we each analyze two games each week. uh, And the first one is always the, the game that our favorite team is playing. You're obviously a Jets fan. I'm a bleeding green Philadelphia Eagles fan and the Eagles traveled to Denver to play the Broncos last week Uh, ended up as one point favorites in that game I said to take the Eagles they were actually by game time they were giving two and a half I said to give the two and a half take I took the Eagles on the road as the road favorites excuse me the road dogs Eagles were getting two and a half on the road at Denver Uh, that obviously hit Eagles came away with a big 30 to 13 win you know, over the last month, the Eagles have really changed their game plan, running the ball a lot more, and they're the number one rushing team in the NFL over the last month because of it. They kept it up last week, but that wasn't all. Jalen Hurts um, in the first half last week looked fantastic. Uh, he had a, a, a brilliant deep touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, had a second one later on in the red zone, should have had another one for about like 30, 35 yards to Quez Watkins, hit him in stride right in his hands in the end zone, and Watkins just dropped the ball. But, you know, the, the Eagles came away with a big win. My pick was correct there. I also loved Jalen Hurts rushing over 45 and a half. He hit that. There was two other props I talked about that I liked, but I wasn't sure whether or not uh, at the time of recording that you should take them. One of those was a Jordan Howard uh, over, I believe it was 40 and a half rushing yards, something like that. And I loved that number because Howard has really been, you know, if not the one, a, the one B, as far as the Eagles rushing attack goes over the last month, the only thing that was holding me back a little bit was the question as to whether or not Miles Sanders might be activated and play in the end. He didn't. I hope you all out there took Jordan Howard on the over on rushing because he hit that. The other one I really liked um, did not hit. Uh, it was a prop that wasn't posted at the time of recording, but I liked Teddy, Bri- Teddy Bridgewater 
completions if you could get it around 22 23 something like that he's been averaging just over 22 completions on the year and the eagles defense has been really bad as far as efficiency goes um two quarterbacks as far as completion goes he actually had exactly 22 completions so hopefully you didn't take that <laughs> but it wasn't posted at the time of recording but hit on the eagles game hit on the howard rushing the second game of the week nailed that one as well the cowboys were coming off a home loss to the denver broncos and were playing atlanta at home i saw that as being a big get right game for the cowboys i said on the pod that i thought the dallas was just going to demolish the falcons and my advice was to give the eight points. That was the line. Dallas, give the eight points uh, and, and take the Cowboys. That hit six ways from Sunday. The Cowboys destroyed, demolished the Falcons 43-3. to I am not a believer in that Falcons team at all. Um, as, you know, their performance on, on Thursday night only further supported. So that hit as well. One prop that I liked was da uh, Dak Prescott over 11 and a half rushing yards. He didn't hit that because the game was almost just never in contest. There was really little point in Prescott rushing, but I hit on the Eagles over the Broncos hit on the Jalen hurts and Howard props and hit on Dallas over the, uh, the Falcons at home. So hit on all of those. I'm taking a quick look. Uh, the other one recently that I liked a lot from Thursday night, uh, obviously we didn't get a chance to pick that game, but my favorite bet was Kendrick Bourne over receiving 35 and a half. He hit that on Thursday night. So leading up into this week, I've got a little bit of a head of steam here and, you know, hoping to keep it going as we head into week 11. Yeah. I, I love that Jalen hurts rushing prop last week. I took that hit that. I think anytime you, you have Jalen hurts under 50 yards rushing, you just have to just jump on it. He, you know, he's, he's almost guaranteed to rush for over 50 yards uh, in any game, just given his skill set. So I love that prop. All right, listen, it's, it's week 11. Uh, unfortunately, I have to talk to you out there about the Jet game. This is not a game that I'm particularly happy about discussing. But again, going with the theme of our podcast, I'm a Jet fan, as John alluded to before, and... John is an Eagles fan, so let's talk. Let's talk Jets, Dolphins. <clears throat> who's playing well and who's not playing well? Well, the Jets are not playing well, and they really haven't played well all season long. The Dolphins, up until recently, haven't been playing well, except for the last two weeks. They beat Houston 17-9. to Not a great team. Houston, I get it. Um, but they, they took care of the Ravens last week. And they beat them 22 to 10 in a game where I think everybody, including myself, thought the Ravens uh, were going to win and win big. But Miami ended up pulling it out 22 to 10. The Jets had the Jets do. Well, as I indicated before, the Jets did not play well. They got the doors blown off of them. They lost 45 to 17 against Buffalo. And this week, the Jets are in for a long day. They are playing the Dolphins. They're home. Dolphins are the uh, road favorites laying three and a half points against the Jets. And I say long day because the Jets have once again made a grave mistake. They've decided to part ways with the Mike F and White experience and are now starting Joe Flacco, who they picked up prop, in a trade with John's Philadelphia Eagles. So Joe Flacco is once again on the Jets. 
didn't even dress the first game or two for the for the Jets, and now he is going to be starting today. So with the Mike White experience fizzling out, welcome Joe Flacco. Miami has been playing excellent defense the last two weeks. They run what's called a cover zero defense. They blitz a lot, and they dare you to throw the ball deep. They take away the short game. So at, in, in weeks before, I would have said, you know, Michael Carter uh, in receiving yards. But I think with the way Miami plays defense, that's not a, way, a good way to go on, on props with Michael Carter. Might get the rushing yards. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, that's the kind of defense they play. Joe Flacco does have a good arm. But he's going to be under a tremendous amount of pressure uh, today against Miami. And I have a feeling he's going to get sacked a number of times uh, coming off of that 22 to uh, 10 win against the Ravens and the 17 to nine win against the Texans. They also held the bills to three points for the first half three weeks ago. So that defense is just playing lights out last year, Joe Flacco was on the jets and he actually played against Miami. How did Joe Flacco do against Miami last year? When he started the jets got beat 24 to zero completely shut out Joe Flacco 21 for 44 186 yards passing, an interception, zero, zero touchdowns. I have a feeling deja vu all over again in this game. Joe Flacco is going to be, he's not going to be running for his life because he's a statue back there. He's going to be on his rear end all day long. Rear end all day long. Sacked, pressured, hurried, hit. I think you can say ass if you're. Rear end all day long. I could say ass. I could. Um, the Dolphins have won the last two games against the Jets, and actually they've won six of their last seven against the Jets, and I expect this to be seven of eight today, and I also expect the Dolphins to cover that three and a half points. The Jets aren't going to be in this game. They're not going to play well, and I'll tell you why. The Jets are the first team since the 1966 Giants to give up 45 points three times in four games, in a four-game span. They have now given up 1,890 yards and 175 points in their past four games. An absolute embarrassment. Their defense is, it's not even a sieve. It's just like the Grand Canyon. Just everybody just goes right through it. So stats, stats, stats. Yes, I love to give stats. So Jets defense, where do we stack up? against the rest of the league. Well, yards per game, Jets are last, 32nd. Passing yards per game, 31st, second to last. Rushing yards per game, they're giving up the 29th worst. And points per game, well, if you combine yards per game, passing yards per game and rushing yards per game that the defense is giving up, where do you think they stack up in points per game? Dead last, 32nd. Miami's defense, you know, when you look at their overall stats, it's a little deceiving because they've been playing really well the last three games. Overall yards per game, they're 29th. But again, this is a deceiving stat. And passing, they're 28th worst. They're middle of the pack in rushing. And in second half, like the lower half in uh, points per game given up. But again, over the last three weeks, Miami's been playing really well. So I'm taking... Miami, I'm going to lay the three and a half points. Jets are going to get beat 
I'm guessing probably by about 17 to 20 points today, unfortunately. Two props. That's all I'm going to give you. Two props this week. Given the ineptitude of the Jet defense, I'm taking two Dolphin props. Jalen Waddell, the rookie out of Alabama, over 62 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Love it. And Miles Gaskin, the running back for Miami, over 47 and a half rushing yards, minus 130 on DraftKings. You know, a little high on the juice there, but I love both of those props this week. John, any thoughts on Dolphins Jets before we move on to the Eagle game? Yeah, my thoughts are I hope you're wrong because the Philadelphia Eagles, my team, owned the Miami Dolphins first round pick this year. So the worse the Dolphins do, the better for the Eagles. Unfortunately, the Dolphins have been playing better as of late. The defense has been coming on. They've gotten a couple of players, including Xavion Howard, back from injury there. So I hope you're wrong there. And maybe you influenced by that a little bit. I would really love to take the Jets at home this week against the Dolphins. But I just wish they were getting more than like the last I saw was three and a half, right? I wish they were getting more than that. Um, because if it was more like four or five, I might actually be tempted. How about this one instead? You know, I love my quarterback rushing props. I've got Tua Tungavailoa, nine and a half rushing yards at minus 120. So not great juice, but look at what he's done recently. Okay, so he came in in relief last week. So I kind of throw that out. But in the three games before that, he rushed for 10 yards against Buffalo, 29 against the Falcons, and 22 against Jacksonville. So I think this nine and a half uh, yards rushing prop is certainly within the realm of possibility for Tua. And I think I'm going to take that one. You know, here, here's my, this is where I go back and forth on that. I do love it from, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't love it. I like it from a perspective of his historical record over the last uh, few games that he's played. My concern is the Jet defense is so bad that they don't put any pressure on the quarterback. So is he just going to sit back there and have all the time in the world to just throw screens, throw the ball down the field, hand the ball off, and not actually have to run? But on the other hand, are they going to call some designed run plays for him? Because it is such a low uh, rushing total, but that's the dilemma that I find myself in with Tua is, is he just going to have to sit back there because he is coming off of injury and does he really want to go out there and run and risk getting injured again? I don't know. Tough call. Uh, We'll see how I feel when I wake up Sunday morning about that, that prop, but that's not something I'm going to put in right now, but I do like where your head is at. With, uh, with Tua and the, and the low rushing total. So, John, Eagles, who do we got this week? B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! My Philadelphia Eagles are back at home after the big win in Denver to host the New Orleans Saints. The Eagles right now are home favorites against these Saints. They're given two and a half on both FanDuel and DraftKings, minus 115 on DraftKings, actually minus 115 on both sites right now. Like I said earlier, the Eagles are coming off the big 30 to 30 to 13 win over Denver on the road last week. The Saints, on the other hand, although they've been one of the better teams in the NFC this year, lost their second in a row to the Titans, 23 to 21, falling short on a last second failed two point conversion. The story with the Saints this year uh, is injuries. 
Of course, they came into the year, uh, Drew Brees retiring and James Winston taking over as the starting quarterback. He's torn his ACL. He's out for the year. So the Saints have been rolling with Trevor Simeon while uh, Sean Payton's son, Taysom Hill, has been out with a, a concussion uh, and various injuries. He's listed as questionable for this game. And Trevor Simeon, frankly, hasn't played that bad. He's been a pretty good care, caretaker for the Saints overall. The Saints defense has been absolutely fantastic. They are the, the number one rushing defense as far as DVOA goes on the year. And the, the defense and Trevor Simeon's steady hand has been keeping the Saints afloat. Unfortunately for them, they haven't been able to uh, pull it across the finish line the last couple of weeks. Uh, as far as trends go, the Saints are 4-0 against the spread in their last four. Eagles, 5-2 and against the spread in their last seven against NFC teams. That's from Covers.com. So another interesting angle to this is that the Eagles are back home. The Eagles have not won at home yet this year, which is totally insane. The Eagles used to have one of the best home field advantages in all of football, and it just hasn't been, it hasn't been the case pretty much since 2017. And this year, they just haven't gotten anything done at home, which is very, you know, very, very disappointing. But I will say two of those losses were really close. Uh, in week two against San Francisco, the Eagles really had a shot to win that game and just couldn't pull it out. Against the Chargers two weeks ago at home, the Eagles played well. And unfortunately, the defense just couldn't hold the Chargers back at the end of the game. The Chargers kicked a field goal as time expired to give the Eagles another loss at home. And the Eagles, you know, having changed their offensive game plan and you sort of get a feel watching this Eagles team over the last few weeks that they're getting their feet under them a little bit. They're still not the most talented team in the league. This coaching staff still makes mistakes and, you know, is still kind of finding their way. Jalen Hurts still hasn't even played a whole season as a starting quarterback for the Eagles yet. But every week over the last month, I've seen a little bit of improvement from the Eagles perspective on offense specifically, and even defense. You know, I have really been critical of defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon and the defensive play overall. And again, that defense still needs more talent. But when you look at the stats, overall, they haven't been that, that bad. They're 14th as far as both scoring defense and as far as total yards given up on defense. So they're kind of middle of the pack, actually a little bit better than that. So I like what the Eagles are doing recently. They're giving me more and more confidence and there's no way, there's no way knock on some wood here. There's no way the Eagles go winless at home. They've got a couple of home games coming up for the rest of the year, a bunch of division games. And I just see the Eagles finally getting that home win this week uh, against the saints. The over under was something else I was looking at here. It opened at like 44 and a half. It's pretty low. It's only around 42 and a half, 43 and a half. Uh, the under is seven and one in the last eight Eagles games as a home favorite. And with the combination of the Saints defense being so good and being so good against the thing the Eagles have done so well recently, which is rushing the ball, I could see that holding the score down. And on the other side of the ball, I think the big issue here is going to be injuries. Like I said earlier, the Saints had injury issues with respect to the quarterback position, losing both Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon coming in. 
they've got even more injury problems this week. Their superstar, Alvin Kamara, is out. Tackle Teron Armstead, out. Tackle Ryan Ramchek, out. Defensive tackle Malcolm Roach, out. Defensive end, hang with me here. Tanoa Kapasanwa, rear end all day long. Double, Double bang. Bang. Also out. So I think the Saints just have their, their injury problems are going to be too much for them to overcome this week. On the other side of the ball, the Eagles, who had you know some injury problems in the first third of the season, actually getting a little bit healthier now. The biggest issue, the biggest question coming into this week was Dallas Goddard, their starting tight end now, who's taken over as the as completely as the number one guy with Zach Ertz traded. He had got a suffered a big hit from Justin Simmons last week against Denver, had a concussion, was in the concussion protocol. As of Friday, was a full participant in practice. So the Eagles are looking good from an injury perspective as well. And that only further buttresses my feeling that the Eagles can really pull this off. So that's going to be my pick here. I'm going to say, take the Eagles, give the two and a half points. I think they win obviously outright and cover by more than a field goal. Getting into a little bit of props here. And this also sort of plays into to my pick for the game, you know, the biggest thing that would worry you if you're going to take the Eagles is that the, the thing the Eagles have been so good at over the last month, rushing the ball, is the thing that the Saints are best at defending. However, I think the Eagles can still score some points here because the New Orleans defense, not quite as good recently. After allowing an average of less than 17 points a game in their first six games, the Saints are now giving up almost 26 points a game in their last three. Conversely, the Eagles on the season, even though they've had their problems and they're definitely a losing team, still averaging almost 26 points a game, almost exactly what the Saints have, are giving up over the last three weeks, um, which I think is very interesting to me. Like I said, the Eagles defense, as bad as it seemed at sometimes, and it seemed really bad at times, really only middle of the pack as far as what they're actually giving up. So I'm going to take the Eagles here to get their first home win, give the two and a half points. What kind of props do I like? Well, I'm going back to Dallas Goddard here. His prop is 41 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I like that a lot. He's averaging, he's averaging over that right now. And while the Saints are only giving up 41 yards a game to tight ends, they really haven't played any. I took a look at the Saints game log here. You know, I'm looking at the teams they played, the Titans, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Washington football team with no Logan Thomas, you know, they haven't played a whole lot of tight ends in recent weeks that would really scare you anyway. The one week they actually played a team with a real tight end, that's the Atlanta Falcons and their rookie uh, Kyle Pitts. They gave up 70, 78 yards to the tight end position. So I like Dallas Goddard here to hit 41 and a half receiving yards. Also the way I look at it, if, the Saints defense is going to hold back the Eagles rushing game a little bit. The Eagles are going to have to look to throw the ball a little bit. And I could see Jalen Hurts going to Dallas Goddard. Um, also Dallas Goddard, side note, got his contract extension, signed a four-year contract extension with the Eagles this week. I could see Jalen Hurts going to Dallas Goddard early and often and Goddard hitting that 41 and a half. Another one that I'm looking at here, the Eagles are 20th overall against the, the run, giving up about 117.3 yards a game although only 80.7 yards a game in their last three, 
With Alvin Kamara out, I looked directly to Mark Ingram to pick up the slack there. Ty Montgomery, the other back that, you, that the Saints use a lot, is also out this week. I don't love the number. Ingram's rushing prop this week is 56 and a half yards, which is higher than I would like it. But I still think the Saints are going to run the ball, and I think they're going to give it to Mark Ingram early and often. So I still think I lean towards taking Ingram on the 56 and a half rushing yards. Lastly, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's averaging 55 yards rushing per game. Going back to your point earlier, I'm just going to take Jalen Hurts rushing every week so long as it's under 50 yards. And if you hit a week or two here where, where, he, where he doesn't get over, doesn't hit the prop, I'll take it because nine times out of 10, he's going to. On DraftKings, his rushing prop right now is 47 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. You bounce over to FanDuel Sportsbook and you save yourself a yard, 46 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. So I'm taking that too. So that's what I got on the Eagles game. I'm predicting an Eagles win, their first win at home. Give the two and a half points. I think they cover that against this, this Saints team, which is riddled with injuries uh, and have already lost two in a row. And then I'll take Dallas Goddard on a close one over 41 and a half receiving yards. Mark Ingram over 56 and a half rushing yards because who the heck else is there? And lastly, I'll take Jalen Hurts over on the rushing yards because that's what you got to do. Let me know your thoughts, man. Hey, man, this is one of the games that I looked at this week, and I said I'm all over this game, and I am with you 100%. I love the Eagles in this game. At home, uh, only laying two and a half points, less than a field goal. I've already put the bet in on the Eagles this week, so I'm taking the Eagles. The Saints are just not the Saints, the same Saints team with, without Jameis Winston at quarterback and without Alvin Kamara at running back. Both of them are out. And with Trevor Simeon, I just don't trust the guy. I mean, they've lost their, I think they've lost their last two games. And uh, I love the Eagles this week. I just do. Uh, so I already put the bet in on the Eagles. And I'm with you on, on the Jalen Hurts prop. Again, as I said before, anything under 50 yards, I'm taking Jalen Hurts every week. Nine times out of 10, as you said, he's probably going to hit. Either 17 games this season. If you took the Jalen Hurts rushing prop, Every week for 17 weeks, I'm, ge I'm guessing you're probably going to hit it maybe 13 or 14 times out of 17. So, yeah, I'm with you on Jalen Hurts. I also love the Mark Ingram um, over 56 and a half rushing yards. I know he's, you know, he's back with the Saints. He wasn't with them earlier in the season. This is probably his third or fourth week with the, with the Saints, but with no, Mark, uh, with no Alvin Kamara, they're going to have to give the ball to Mark Ingram. And, you know, the Eagles, although they've been playing better, this isn't like the Buffalo Bills defense or, um, you know, some of the other better defenses, including the Saints. So I love the Mark Ingram prop over 56 and a half uh, rushing yards. I'm going to take a look at that Goddard prop. Not a bad, not a bad prop. 41 and a half receiving yards after getting that $59 million contract extension. I think he's going to go out there and try to prove to everybody that he's worth every penny that he just received in that new contract. Two other props real quick. Number one receive, number one target for uh, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, the rookie out of Alabama, over four and a half receptions. Great odds, plus 120 on DraftKings. I think I'm going to take that one. And of course, my field goal kicking prop, Jake Elliott, over one and a half field goals, minus 110 on DraftKings. That's my other prop on this game. But yeah, I love the Eagles in this game, John, without a doubt. Any last words before we move on to game two? 
Yeah, most definitely. Actually, you hit on something that I, that I meant to, to touch on as well. Uh, I like both kickers in this game. As a matter of fact, both kickers are at uh, over one and a half for field goals. I like both field goals, field goal props in this game, over one and a half for a kicker for both kickers and six and a half points for, for each one of the kickers. I like both kickers on the points and on the field goals sort of plays into what I was saying earlier, as far as I see this being a low scoring game. Uh, the, the Saints defense is still very good. So I could see them holding the, the, the Eagles scoring down a little bit and the Saints are just running out of horses on, on their offensive side of the ball. I think that could lead to a couple of stalled drives um, and a, a few field goal attempts for both sides. So I like both kickers, field goals, and points. Yeah, I'm probably going to follow you on, on both of those uh, kicking props, both points and field goals for both kickers. Um, so, all right, game two. This is a game that I was really looking at all week long, and here's a team that I don't trust. The team I don't trust is the Minnesota Vikings, and they're playing the Green Bay Packers. Now, both teams are coming off wins last week. The Vikings beat the Chargers in L.A. 27-20. to 20. So you look at that and you say, that's a, that's a pretty big win there. But the Chargers have just been playing terrible the last few weeks. I, I think, you know, everybody picked the Chargers as sort of like that sexy pick this year with Justin Herbert having a tremendous uh, rookie season. But they've just been playing really bad. So do I put a whole lot of stock in the Vikings seven point win against the Chargers? I do not. What I thought was more impressive was Aaron Rodgers coming back off of the COVID list leading the Packers to a 17-0 shutout of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Seattle had Russell Wilson back, and he did not do anything. Um, but, and the Seahawks are not the same team as they, as they have been in past years. But the Packers are 8-2 and two right now this year. And the Packers really seem to own the Vikings. The Packers, in 13 games with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, since Mike Zimmer was hired in 2014, Aaron Rodgers, 24 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And the Vikings have only won four times against the Packers in that span of games. Division dominance by the Packers since hiring Matt LaFleur. Green Bay is 13-1 and against the rest of the NFC North. With their only loss coming against, yes, the Minnesota Vikings, but that's when Dalvin Cook went off for 226 yards and four touchdowns in a 28 to 22 win against Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Now the Packers are going to be without Aaron Jones. They're all pro running back, but Austin Dillon has filled in like not missing a beat. He's played great scoring both of the touchdowns last week against Seattle and he's rushed for or I'm sorry, he's, he's had 210, 218 total yards between rushing and receiving over the last two games for the Packers. So he's going to be their, their lone running back in the backfield or their, their go-to guy in the backfield for the Packers this week. Given the dominance of the Packers over the Vikings, I can see the Packers not only winning this game, but winning it pretty big. Uh, right now, the Packers are a road favorite, but only by a point. It's only, it's only minus one right now. And the over-under is 47 and a half. So I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to lay the point uh, in this game. Stats. The Packers defense has been playing lights out. 
They are third in the NFL in yards per game given up, third in the NFL in passing yards given up. They're middle of the pack in rushing, but third in the NFL in points per game given up. The Vikings, on the other hand, on defense, middle of the road. Actually, they're in the lower half of the league in yards per game, middle of the pack in passing yards per game given up. They're 28th in rushing yards given up on defense and middle of the pack in points per game given up. So given those defensive stats and Aaron Rodgers back at the helm, at quarterback, I love the Packers in this game, going on the road and winning this game against the Vikings. You're only laying a point. So it's basically a pick game. Take the Packers all day long. I got four props for you. As I said, A.J. Dillon has taken over the helm for the injured Aaron Jones. And I'm going rushing and receiving yards, not just rushing yards for A.J. Dillon. I'm going just rushing and receiving combined. Minus 112, I'm sorry, 112 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Take the over on that. And Dalvin Cook, who had a, had a you know just an outstanding game against the Packers, when he rushed for 226 yards, take Dalvin Cook also rushing and receiving over 108 and a half rushing and receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And I'm also going to take Dalvin Cook, 81 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings as well. And again, my kicker prop this week, Greg Joseph, over one and a half field goals, plus 105. So good odds on DraftKings. That's my kicking prop on Packers Vikings. So take the Packers all day long, lay the point, take the money line. It's probably your better bet. Uh, So Packers, Packers, Packers. John, thoughts on Packers, Vikings? Yeah, I I love it. I'm on the Packers on this as well. Only, uh, only, only a point here is what we're talking about. I love the Packers against the, the Vikings. The Vikings are just a weird team to try to figure out. It's like, they can be anywhere from zero to, to hundred in any given week. They could beat any team in the league. They could lose to any team in the league. Kirk cousins looks as, as bad as a quarterback can look sometimes. And sometimes he has some really great stretches and there's no doubt that they've got talent. Justin Jefferson uh, looks like one of the best receivers, if not even the best receiver in football right now, Dalvin cook, although he's had a little bit of a down year is still one of the best backs in the league, but I'm with you. I think with Aaron Rodgers back, this Packers team, this defense keeps getting better and better. I like them to win on the road outright. Uh, I, I, I love the, the pick there. And it's funny you took A.J. Dillon combined. That was going to be the prop I was going to pull out. Uh, I love that combined prop. As a matter of fact, if you go to FanDuel, I think it's 110 and a half. You can save yourself two yards. He had 128 combined last week against Seattle. And that's with Aaron Jones getting 10 touches before he went out with injury. I really like what I've seen from AJ Dillon. He's a big back, powerful back, but he's shown a little bit more shiftiness, a little bit more ability in the passing game than I knew he actually had in him. And it looks like a very natural fit with him in this Packers offense. I think they keep getting better. He might not have 128, but I love 110 as a prop to beat this week for AJ Dillon. So I'm definitely following on both Packers and AJ Dillon. Yeah, good stuff. So second game, John, what do you got? I got a game that I'm really, really excited about. It's one of the marquee games of the weekend, possibly one of the marquee games of the year so far. Uh, Two of the better teams in football 
uh, even though I hate to say it, because one of them is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Missouri to play the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. The, the spread, not bad. Chiefs giving two and a half. It's minus 114 on FanDuel, minus 115 on DraftKings. Both the Chiefs and the Cowboys had big bounce back wins last week. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, beat up on the, the, the Raiders in Vegas. Um, you know, even though that was actually the Chiefs' third win in a row, it was the first time the Chiefs' offense looked like the Chiefs' offense. Mahomes had over 400 yards passing, threw for five touchdowns. This looked like the Chiefs that we all expected when the year began. Dallas, as I talked about a little bit earlier today, had a big bounce back win at home against those, those hapless Falcons. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys, interesting. They are running the ball a lot more than people thought but Prescott is fully back from injury now and the Cowboys, you know, playing, playing well overall, the defense has been playing better. Trayvon Diggs is a defensive MVP candidate. Micah Parsons, the first round pick out of Penn state has played really great for the Cowboys as well. So we've got two of the better teams in the league clashing here, both coming off big bounce back wins. What do we think as far as injuries go? Cowboys are going to be without Amari Cooper. That's a big loss. Luckily for the Cowboys, they have a lot of wide receiver depth. They've just done a really great job drafting that position. Um, besides trading for Amari Cooper, of course, they've got second-year man C.D. Lamb. They've got Cedric Wilson. And then they just got Michael Gallup back from injury last week. So they've got a lot of wide receiver depth. I think the loss of Cooper hurts them but doesn't kill them because they have so much depth here. Also, Cowboys still without Demarcus Lawrence, who is their best defensive player. He's still working his way back from injury. I understand from what I read anyway that he should be close. Randy Gregory also out with injury. Uh, they haven't had Lawrence for the whole year, and they've been without Gregory for most of the year. So uh, even though that hurts Dallas, I don't think, again, I don't think it's a killer for them because they're sort of used to, play, to playing without these guys. Taking a little bit of a closer look here, um, when you have two teams that are pretty evenly matched, as I think these two teams are, you start to draw, you know, finer distinctions. Cowboys, not surprisingly, have been much better at home than on the road where they'll be this week. As far as points per play goes, it drops for the Cowboys from 0.217 to on the positive to negative 0.30 when they play on the road. Add in the fact that it's Arrowhead, that Chiefs crowd is going to be blazing on Sunday. I have no doubt uh, at all. So I think it's going to be some, you know, a, a tough play, a tough spot for the Cowboys to be in um, on the road at Arrowhead. Taking another look here, a deeper look at the Dallas defense. I mentioned earlier Trayvon Diggs, who just looks like a superstar and is a defensive MVP candidate. But really what the Cowboys have been great at doing have been turning the ball over. They're the best team in the league as far as turnover rate goes. But they've actually allowed the third most yards per play on the road. So when you look a little bit deeper, while the, the Cowboys have been great at turning the ball over, the defense obviously has been worse on the road. And really, they're only the 21st uh, rated defense against the pass as far as yardage goes they give up over 250 yards per game passing Mahomes seemed like he got into his groove last week finally on the road against Vegas I expect that to continue at home this week against Dallas 
So add all that up. I like where the Chiefs are going now. I still think the Cowboys are going to be a little bit of an up and down team. I think it's even enough that the home road split issue comes into play. So I like the Chiefs here at home over the Cowboys and to cover the two and a half. I love the fact that the spread is still under a field goal. Once it gets over a field goal, that's going to make me a little bit more nervous, but it's two and a half on both major sites right now. So grab it now. Uh, Chiefs, give the two and a half. They're going to win the game outright. Now for a few props. Patrick Mahomes, he's got 10 interceptions on the year. Uh, he's had a clean couple of weeks, but he was still one of the leaders in the league as far as turning the ball over, which is something that he hadn't done in years before. You know, combine that with the Cowboys being so great at turning the ball over, even though I expect Mahomes to have a big day here, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Cowboys nab a pick here. So I like Mahomes to throw a pick uh, over 0.5 interceptions at minus 110. Let's talk about some positive things here. Patrick Mahomes is averaging 22.7 rushing yards per game, despite not being above 10 rushing yards in his last three and despite notching any positive rushing yards in the last two weeks even though he hasn't done it a lot over the last three weeks I've seen enough of Patrick Mahomes during his career to know especially at home when he feels comfortable that's when he takes off a lot so I expect him to take off a few times in this game that 22 excuse me the 22 and 0.7 rushing yards per game looks even better when you consider that his rushing prop on FanDuel right now is only 18 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. It's actually two yards more, 20 and a half on DraftKings. So take it at 18 and a half on FanDuel. I love the fact that it's almost five yards below his average. And that's his average taking into account the last three games when he hasn't done anything. So I love that. I've already taken that 50 burger on Mahomes over 18 and a half. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. Might go back in and make that a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. All right. So I want to go on the other side of the ball. I like taking a prop for both teams. If I find one that I like, um, like I said earlier, the Chiefs not great against the pass. They're giving up 258 yards passing per game. They're giving up specifically 150 yards passing yards, excuse me, 150 receiving yards to wide receivers per game specifically. And I bring that up because I take a look at the Cowboy injury to Amari Cooper. He's out. I think that presents an opportunity take one of the other cowboy receivers to pick up the slack and i'm taking a look at them they all have pretty good averages um cd lamb uh is the cowboys number one wide receiver for sure i expect that to continue his receiving prop is 80 and a half such a high number i don't love it but he's averaging 80.6 yards uh so i'm close to taking that one uh so then i take a look at the, the cowboys other two starters cedric wilson and michael gallup michael gallup uh finally came back last week, had 42 yards receiving on five targets. Cedric Wilson last week had 28 yards on five targets receiving last week, but that's coming off the heels of an 84-yard receiving game for him the week before against Minnesota. I'm actually going to go with Cedric Wilson here. Um, maybe a little bit of a surprise pick. He's averaging 35 yards receiving per game. Cedric Wilson's up-to-date receiving prop is 34 and a half yards. That's just under his average. Take Cooper 
out of the equation. Add in the porous Chiefs defense that will no doubt be doubling C.D. Lamb. And I like Cedric Wilson to go over 34 and a half receiving yards in this game. So that's how I see it. Oh, one more. Again, I don't do a lot of over-unders, but this over is sitting at 56 and a half um, points for the game. Notably, since 2019, in NFL games where the over was 55 or more, the under hit 65.5% of the time. People are looking at this like it's going to be a huge shootout. I'm not so sure that that's the case. Um, So I think I would take a look at going under here, under 56.5. Chiefs to win, give the 2.5. I like Mahomes to throw a pick, but also to hit 18.5 rushing yards and give me Cedric Wilson over 30 and a half, 34 and a half receiving yards. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts, JT, on this game that I'm very excited to see Cowboys at Chiefs. Yeah, this game has a lot of intrigue for me, for sure. I think, but I think this game could kind of go either way. Uh, So it's a game I'm probably going to stay away from because Dallas is playing really well. Chiefs have been playing well as of late. Um, You know, one of the things that, that kind of bothers me is the chiefs beat the Packers recently, but they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. And I think with Aaron Rodgers, I think the chiefs would have, would have lost that game because that game was not, that game was not a blowout. It was actually a close game. So I think this game could go either way. Uh, So I'm going to probably stay away from it. If I had to lean one way, I'm probably going to lean Dallas. I just think Dallas is, is a better, more complete team than the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense is terrible. So if I had to lean one way, it would be Cowboys, but it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from as far as the line. A couple props that I do have in this game is I'm going to go back in time, back to 2020, back to 2019, and I'm going Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. Showed up last week big time. His receiving prop right now is 77 and a half receiving yards minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm going to take the over on Travis Kelsey on receiving yards. I don't like the receptions. It's six and a half right now. I always think taking over six and a half is a, is really a stretch because there could be long stretches of the game where he's not targeted. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, at, at four or five catches by the time the game is over. So I like the receiving yards over 77 and a half. I also like Zeke Elliott uh, rushing prop. It's only 65 and a half rushing yards. So I'm going to take the over Zeke Elliott against that Chiefs defense. Uh, It's minus 120 right now on DraftKings. And lastly, field goal kicker, field goal kicker, field goal kicker. I took Harrison Butker last week. That did not work out, but I'm going to take him this week. Over one and a half field goals at minus 120 on DraftKings. Those are my three props. John, any last thoughts on Dallas Chiefs? Yeah, I don't really disagree with pretty much anything you said right there, except for the the Dallas pick, because I, I agree with you. I see this as an even matchup, and just the Chiefs being at home sort of pushes the ball over to their side more for me, so that's why I'm taking the Chiefs here. I love your pick of the Zeke Elliott rushing yards. I just took a look. The Chiefs on the year give up 114.6 yards on the ground per game, although only 81.3 in their last three. Uh, but overall, I, I, I would expect the, the 
the Cowboys, who, like I said earlier, are running the ball a lot more than people thought coming into the year at this point. And if you're the Cowboys, what would you do? You'd want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So I could see Zeke Elliott and Pollard both getting the ball a lot and Zeke easily hitting that prop. So I like that one a lot. All right. So we're going to move into phase two or level two of our podcast. And I'm going to throw out the college football nuggets for you real quick. Okay. So game of the week, college game day is there at the horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, Michigan state at Ohio state, a big 10 matchup, number seven versus number four. And I'm looking at this line, Michigan state is getting 19 points on the road at Ohio state. Michigan state's a good team. Ohio state's a good team, but 19 points. I'm taking Michigan state in this game. I'm taking the points. Get it in right now. It's at 19. Take Michigan State at Ohio State. Take the 19 points. I don't think Michigan State's going to win the game, but I think it's going to be a relatively close game. I think it's also going to be a high-scoring game. Michigan State has the worst, the absolute worst passing defense in the entire uh, in, in the entire uh, college football. 132nd pass defense against Ohio State this week. So I think there's going to be points scored all over the place. Take over 69 and a half points, Michigan state, Ohio state. It's going to be, it's going to be a shootout. Both teams are going to put up points, but Michigan state's going to keep it relatively close. I can see them losing by 14 or 17 points, maybe even a little bit less than that, but I don't see it being a blowout. So take Michigan state 19 points, take the over 69 and a half, two other quick games for you, Alabama, they want to continue to solidify their spot in the uh, college football playoffs right now. They're number two. They are uh, home against Arkansas, laying 20 and a half points, less than three touchdowns. Take Alabama minus 20 and a half. So lay the 20 and a half with Alabama. And lastly, Minnesota is at Indiana. Well, who was just at Indiana last week? Rutgers. And they blew them out 38 to three. Minnesota is a decent team. I wouldn't say they're a great team. But they're probably on par with Rutgers, and they're only laying seven points at Indiana. So take Minnesota and the Golden Gophers, lay the seven at Indiana. Those are my three college football nuggets. Get those games in now before the lines change. Michigan State plus 19, Alabama minus 20 and a half, and Minnesota minus seven. Those are my college football nuggets. On to level three, John, unless you got any thoughts on college football. I'm ready to go. Definitely following on those college picks because they've been gold most weeks this year. For my track of the week, it's just felt like a very positive, upbeat week to me, and that is going to translate into my track of the week. I am a big house music fan with a focus on tech house and filtered house, and this week I'm picking a groovy house song, and it's a groovy house song that I had something to do with. It's a Glitch Matrix track called Night Moves. It's got a cool, fun, groovy nature to it. A little bit of a guitar in there. Uh, just a, a, a cool, happy track to, to bounce along to. So that's my track of the week. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. Search Glitch Matrix Night Moves.
Great. Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, good stuff. My track of the week, sticking with my trance theme as I wear my Marcus Schultz sweatshirt this morning. Uh, I'm going with one of my one of my really favorite trance artists lately, and that's Dan Thompson on the Cold Harbor Recordings label, which is Marcus Schultz's label. It's a track from 2020, and I've been listening to Dan Thompson this week, and the one track that I just keep listening to over and over again, the track called Twilight. What a banger this track is. Uh, it just builds and builds and builds, and finally it just crushes. So Twilight by Dan Thompson, that's my track of the week. Concludes week 11 of our podcast. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We are out. Good luck, everyone. And we will see you next week for week 12 of Wagers, Ragers. Have a great weekend, everyone. Later. Bye.